0: God speaks to me but I like to deliver it in a pattern. I have a pattern. If you've been around here for any length of time, I'm trying to say something succinct and in order but I just have to read a lot of scripture so if you have your Bibles this is a good time. I may go a little quick so it'll be on the screen. Now, just because you have your Bible doesn't mean you don't have have to clap. If you you find it good, you have to clap. If you're occupied, then use your mouth and yell out and just say, it's good! Scare some people around you. Surely, it was by divine revelation that Paul gives us a little insight as to what Adam might have looked like or at least perhaps how Adam's physical feature was constructed or molded because he was formed after the image of Jesus Christ who was to come for Paul wrote (laughs) that's the cue. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who, Adam, is the figure of him that was to come. Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and so it is written the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. And now, speaking of Jesus Christ, Paul said, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Why? Because second beats first. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. See, natural came first, spiritual came second. And afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven, because second beats first. The writer of Hebrews offers another insight when he said that even though the law required them to make these sacrifices, God was not pleased with the first sacrifices and the first burnt offerings. The people had spent decades, centuries to be sure, offering the blood of lambs and goats, doves, rams, oxen. But these first sacrifices did not satisfy the burden of sin It was the second sacrifice that made us holy once and for all. And I'll read it to you in Hebrews chapter 10. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And the reason why is because second beats first. Adam was the first, but Jesus Christ was the second. Now the Bible says that Abraham was promised a son by God. But of course time elapsed and he and his wife are very impatient. So perhaps Abraham wondered if God had forgotten the promise. Nevertheless, he decided to interfere in God's business. Perhaps Abraham would add a little bit to the promise, kind of speed it along. So when Sarah offered Hagar to him, he took Hagar and they brought forth a son named Ishmael. Abraham agreed. Ishmael was the firstborn son of Abraham. There's no argument in that fact. But it was Isaac that held the promise of Jehovah. And even though Ishmael was Abraham's first offspring, it was Isaac that was given the inheritance because second beats first. And Isaac married Rebekah, and they had twins. The firstborn son was Esau. The second one was Jacob. And Esau grew up with a fleshly appetite. He always wanted things now. He thought of the momentary pleasures. But Jacob desired the birthright, and when the day came that the blessing was to be given to one of the sons, always the firstborn son, when the birthright would be passed on from the father to the firstborn, it was Jacob that entered the room and felt the hand and the voice of his father upon his life. Jacob, the second son, became the son of the birthright. It should have belonged to Esau. But Esau sold it for a bowl of soup long before the moment came. Esau even said, and I quote, And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I'm faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? The first did not care about the inheritance. He was both temporal and intemperate. And while the first son of Isaac sought for self indulgence, his second son was looking for the blessing because second beats first. And Jacob's name means subplanter, heel catcher, and he destroyed his name by being a deceiver he was known as a deceiver from then on that was his first name but on the night when he was trying to get back home and he stopped and wrestled with God in the night and asked God for a blessing he didn't really know what he needed but God gave him a new name so instead of Jacob God called him Israel which means my God or may God prevail or he who struggles with God God preserves and contends That's why we call the people of God the children of Israel and not the children of Jacob, because second always beats first. Now, when Jacob was about to pass away, when he'd gotten old, all of his sons were there. He was handing out blessings to everybody and speaking things over their lives. Some things were not so pleasant among all those sons, but... When Joseph heard the news that his father Jacob was about to die, the Bible says that Joseph took with him two sons, his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Joseph wanted his father Jacob to bless his sons. And so Joseph said, Father, these are my sons that God gave to me. And Jacob said in verse 9 of Genesis 48, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. And in that moment, as Jacob was about to put a blessing on his grandsons, Joseph set it all up. He did so because Jacob's eyes weren't working very well, and and, and he couldn't see very well. And so Joseph took them both Ephraim on his right hand towards Israel's left hand and Manasseh on his left hand toward Israel's right hand. They were in order. The firstborn was going to get the right hand, the secondborn was going to get the left hand. He brought them near and Israel, that's Jacob. He stretched out his right hand, he crossed his hands, and, and he he laid his hands upon he laid his hand upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly he knew what he was doing, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, he was disturbed, it displeased him. He held up his father's hand. He tried to remove it from Ephraim's head and put it on Manasseh's head. And, Joseph said, and Jake, Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this is my firstborn. Put thy right hand on his head. And his father refused and said, I know what I'm doing, my son. I know it. He'll become a good people. He'll, he'll have a good lineage. And he'll also be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations because second beats first. Listen. Something is about to happen. It's going to be greater than anything that came before. I'm standing here to preach that the second half is going to be greater than the first half. I'm going to tell you what's about to happen. It's going to blow everybody's mind. The greatest songs are about to be written. The greatest revival is about to be had. There are going to be more miracles and healings and power than you've ever seen before. You put all the good things together that happened before today. I'm going to tell you the second is going to beat the first. And I believe that the times and the seasons belong to the Lord. So says the word, His word is true. And if you have experienced loss, I've come from a word for you. If you have been down in a burden, in a trial and tribulation, I got a word for you too. Job lost everything he ever loved It was wiped out in a single day And Job spent the next long season of his life in pain Surrounded by memories and false friends And sicknesses wrought against his own body But I love the last few verses that attend to his life Job 42 verse 10 And the Lord turned the captivity of Job When he prayed for his friends Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before Verse 12 So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning, for he had fourteen thousand sheep and six thousand camels and a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand she asses. He had seven sons and three daughters, verse sixteen, and this lived Job a hundred and forty years, and saw his sons and his son's sons, even four generations. He lived longer in the second half than he did in the first. He gained twice as much in the second half as he did before the trial, because second beats first. I want to tell somebody that the Lord can restore the years that the locusts have eaten and the second half of your life is going to be greater than the first half. And all the trials that you went through, hear the pastor tonight, the word of the Lord is true. He is the Lord of the times and the seasons. I don't know where you came from. I don't know what trouble you had yesterday. But I can tell you, there's coming a day when the second half is going to begin and the second is going to beat the first. I'm almost done. Everybody over, K over there? I'd like for some of you to get up here and do this sometime. You should see what I'm seeing. About half of you are happy. Every half of you are. I don't know where you're at, but I'm just going to preach a word. It'd be nice if everybody got together. All right, it's okay. Wait, it's okay. I know, I, I know, I know. I told you to come to church on Sunday night, and that's how you're treated. (laughs) <laughs> time won't let me tell the whole but I'll, I'll share a little now and David stayed home from battle kind of wandering around the palace aimlessly lost his purpose lost for a moment the fear of the Lord Thought that being the king was good enough. Had his own opinions. No one could tell him what to do. Climbs up to the palace, overlooks the palace in the middle of the day. Sees a beautiful woman, lusts after her, calls for her. She consents to the immoral affair. The kingdom is about to split, it's going to be ruined. David spends time trying to cover up that immoral affair. And the prophet comes in to speak to David. And there's a curse upon his life. Because David and Bathsheba are going to have a child. And her husband is killed. And David marries her to make it right. But nobody hides anything from God. And the prophet walks in to expose the king. And the attendants are around. Let me just tell you, not everybody in that palace was stupid. They knew what was going on. But no one dared say anything to the king except the prophet. (laughs) And the baby came, the firstborn son came. But there was a punishment coming. And the firstborn son should have carried on the lineage of David's kingdom. David should have known if God would strip the kingdom from Saul, who am I? And it dawned on him that it's very possible that the kingdom would have been over right there and God would have transferred the kingdom from David to another man's hand. God doesn't need him. David thought, nobody can, nobody can usurp me. Nobody can take my place. I'm going to just tell you right now, God can put anybody up and take anybody down at his will. We need him. In fact, if you want to talk about accepting the Lord, the Bible says, God accepted us. And that baby was in the throes of death. And David ripped his royal robe and put upon his head ashes and sackcloth on his body. And he laid in front of his temple, in front of his palace. And he laid there and prayed and wept and fasted for seven days. And everybody was saying, come on inside. Now this is not good. Would you eat a little something? Would you have a little clothes? He wept and he cried because the baby was alive. But it was in the throes of death. It was hinging. And on the seventh day, the baby died and when the baby died he got up he went back into his house he washed his face he had mourned long enough he knew the judgment of God had already come but he did not know if the kingdom would survive until one day another baby a second son was born and his name was Solomon and when Solomon was born and God allowed Solomon to live the Bible said that David rejoiced why because the kingdom was going to stay intact because the Second son, we're gonna beat out the first son. I got a word for you, even if you failed, even if you made all kinds of mistakes, hear me. You just get on your knees and you repent because the second moment is gonna be greater than the first moment. Hey, the kingdom's not gone, and you're not over, and if you failed, if it's been immoral, and you failed, if you've done things you shouldn't have done, just get in the altar and repent, and cry to God, because the next moment, God is going to bless your life, he's going to touch you, and the kingdom will not be torn from your hands. you imagine how many people that are not going to church right now and they're not serving God, not because they don't want to, but they don't believe they can make it back. They don't believe that they ever have a chance. Hear me. Thy mercy endure forever. All things can come back to you because God is the great restorer. What is this? What happens to us? That we fail. Come on. You don't need to raise your hand because there's nobody here that hasn't failed. But all the failing people, you ought to lift it up and say, had it not been for the grace of God and the mercy of God, everything that I used to love and have should be stripped from my life. But God brought me out. He didn't strip me. He didn't take, He didn't take my inheritance, the kingdom away. I'm going to tell you, there's hundreds of people in this town. They'd love to get back to the Lord. They want to get back to singing, but they got in their mind because the devil said, You're over. It's done. You can't get back. But the Bible said that the second is going to be greater than the first. I'll tell you what we have. God calls us to do something. It doesn't matter what it is we consider ourselves it's insecurity (laughs) it's the insecure that grounds us we're frozen in our place God said to Moses I want you to get up from this land of Midian and now I want you to lead my people out of Egypt and Moses I don't think I should do this I don't think I can I don't I know I can't I know I'm not supposed to do this I and, and 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 Moses said, well, show me a couple of signs, Lord, to tell me this is true. All of those signs came to pass, and finally Moses still wasn't content. He was still struggling. He was still suffering from insecurity, thinking that he couldn't do anything great for God. Surely I can't do anything. In fact, the command was, go speak to Pharaoh. Moses said, I can't talk. I, I stutter. Moses had a stuttering problem. Did you know that? He stuttered. He wanted wanted, wanted to say say, say something. Pharaoh, let the people go. No wonder why Pharaoh wasn't afraid. Somebody get that guy some water. So Moses said, God, I'll go. But pick my older brother Aaron. He's the firstborn. He's good with words. He'll speak for me but the mantle didn't fall on Aaron. And when Moses finally got his bearings together, it appears that Aaron never did approach Pharaoh. It was Moses, why? Because when he finally got over his insecurity, God filled his mouth with authority and power. Hear me, Aaron did not have a mantle, but Moses had the authority and the mantle and the anointing to lead people out of Egypt. So I say to you tonight, get over that insecurity. I don't care what you think. I don't care what your outside features are. I don't care what you think in your mind. I pray against every insecurity. God has a work for you to do. (laughs) Second is going to be first. And I feel led to preach to the people that what came first is not going to hold a candle to what will come. And I didn't make that up by myself because Jesus said it. On the heels of lame people walking. Lepers being completely healed and whole and blinded. Eyes open, and the deaf started to talk. Their hearing came back to them. On the heels of all the powerful miracles wrought by his own hand. The dead being raised back to life. When he walked into the house of the daughter of Jairus and said, Telleth Akumai... Which means, daughter, I say unto thee, arise on the heels of all of that. Jesus pointed to his disciples and to us. And all those wonders wrought through his mighty hands. And he said these words in John 14. Fairly, fairly I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I shall do, that, that, that I do, shall he do also. And greater works, and greater works than these. Not in quality, but in quantity. Not in quality, but in quantity. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, if ye shall ask anything in my name. Greater works than these. You saw me do these, but guess what? There's coming a day you're going to ask in my name, and the Father's going to be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it, because second's going to beat first. God never intended for us to be less than what the disciples were. He intended for us to stand upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I like what my dad said my father said about me and Scott and Dana he said I want my kids to know more I want them to have a better prayer life I want them to understand the word of God a little bit better he said I don't want you to retreat I want you to get better I want you to do greater things hear me young people there's going to be a day that you're going to be a soul winner and a revival maker and a disciple maker and the greatest days are yet to come whatever sermon you've ever thought was a good sermon is not the best yet because there's going to be revelation there's going to be understanding there's going to be power there's going to be gifts there's going to be authority because the second is going to be the first I'm looking for an end time revival that is unmatched and unsurpassed because the Bible tells me so the Holy Ghost is so powerful and pure. And the Holy Ghost is, in fact, the spiritual covenant. And as wonderful as Abraham's first covenant was, delineated perhaps through the law of Moses and all the provisions that God provided, the first covenant could not reach all the people of the world because it was designed for the original branch that grew out of the vine. Hebrews said it like this. For if that first covenant had been faultless. Then should no place have been sought for the second. <laughs> oh man. If the first had done its job. There'd be no need for the second. But the first covenant had some flaws. And the greatest issue was that it limited itself to one group of people. That's why Joel rose up to his prophetic pulpit and he prophesied about the end time revival and baptism of the Holy Spirit and he said be glad then you children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God for he hath given you the former rain moderately the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain I'll be more specific. The former rain always happened in August. The latter rain always happened in the spring. (laughs) He's going to give you the former rain and the latter rain. He's going to combine what went before to what's going to happen. And he's going to do it the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm and a great army which I sit among you and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Hey, we're talking about today. We're talking because I'm about to quote a scripture that we all rely upon today. Ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed and it shall come to pass afterward, verse 28, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Here's the inclusion. It's the new covenant. The old covenant was that of circumcision. The new covenant, he's going to write his laws on your heart. The first covenant was given to Abraham and delivered on Mount Sinai 50 days after the Passover. But the new covenant is going to be delivered in the upper room and it's going to be 50 days after Jesus died on the Passover. It shall come to pass afterward I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out of my spirit. I am standing here to tell you that second is going to beat first. I want to tell you there's going to be a powerful revival. Second is going to beat first. The, The thing that's about to happen is going to be greater than the thing that came before. Revelation 2. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Revelation chapter 2, verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. (laughs) See, there's sorrow in the first. (laughs) There's affliction in the first. There's futility in the first. But the second thing that's going to happen... It's not going to affect you like the first thing affects us. Here's my end of my Bible lesson tonight Genesis 38. There's a daughter in law, Tamar. And verse 25, do you have that? Okay, I'll wait for you. Genesis 38 and verse 25. When she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law saying, by the man whose these are, am I with child? Skip down to verse 27 now. And it came to pass in the time of her travail that Tamar had twins. Two sons. It's an emblem. This is the symbolic moment here. And she was in travail and she had two sons. And it came to pass when she travailed ...that the one put out his hand. He was trying to get out. And the midwife... ...took a little bit of scarlet thread... ...and tied it around his hand. And she said... ...this is the one that's coming out first... ...but it didn't happen. Verse 29. It came to pass... He drew his hand back in. And behold, his brother came out. And she said, how did you break forth this breach upon thee? Therefore his name was called Phares. And afterward, the second, came out his brother that had the scarlet thread upon his hand. I wish I could describe to you what I'm seeing in the spirit. Because the first had nothing but force. It had human will. That baby came out but it didn't have authority. But the second had a scarlet thread and what everything else could not do when Jesus Christ died on the cross the blood of Jesus adam couldn't do what jesus could do the first couldn't do though the first had will had the had human ingenuity had thoughts The second had the blood. and because the second had the blood the blood identified itself with the second watch this, Jesus Christ is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world but before he ever could get on this earth there had to come a first Adam hear me, you were dead in trespasses and sins, and what the first covenant could not do for you, the blood of Jesus did for you, hear me he is a lord and savior, he is the lamb of God, he is the blood he is the blood that covers your Sin and whatever came first, it doesn't compare to the second because the blood is what saved you and the blood is what brought you out. Hear me? The second beats the first every time. I'm looking for a hope now, it's a hope out of this world. I'm looking for something that no one can manufacture. I'm looking for this house here. I'm looking at people here. I want you to know God is going to do a great thing you've got to believe it and receive it you've got to call on the blood of Jesus you've got to know that God is going to do a great thing in this hour he's going to do a great thing when I look around the world I see it happening in the Philippines, in China, in Africa all over the place in Ethiopia, I'm seeing the blood of Jesus I'm seeing the resurrection of people hear me, we are the grafted in vine, we got in the vine, we got in the Vine, that same that same vine, the branch. We are the branch grafted in the vine. We got grafted in the brothers and the sisters that are part of Israel and the Jewish community. Hear me, you're part of the same thing. Now we got brought into a spiritual covenant. It is the covenant of Jesus Christ, because he is the Lord and the Savior. In that name, his name shall be one. In that day, his name shall be one, and his people shall be one. I'm standing up here to tell you there's gonna come a second, and the second's gonna be greater than the first. You've never seen anything like the second. The second is going to have more miracles and more power and more authority. <laughs> I'm looking for the day. I'm looking for the day when the Holy Ghost falls in this house, when we are all slain in the spirit, and something happens to us. in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh let it happen right here in this house Lord your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy dreams and visions there's going to be speaking in other tongues I'm praying for it right now, Lord. There, let there be miracle, signs, and wonders. You said, Lord, in my name, if we would come in your name, ask anything in your name, ask anything in your name. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe: in my name they shall cast out devils; they shall speak with new tongues; they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. If they eat and drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Hurt them. I here to say right now, the word of the Lord is in this house, and I believe that the second thing is going to beat the first thing. Watch out now watch out i am believing there's going to be some young people that are going to rise up they're going to have great commitments they're going to be powerful motivators they're going to be powerful preachers and teachers they're going to be soul winners they're going to be bible study teachers they're going to lay hands on people they're going to do something we've never been able to do they're going to do something we've never seen before because the second is going to beat the first oh Amen. Please stand with me now. Uh, uh, thank 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 you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The glory of this latter house, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Watch, Pastor, right now. It's not wasted. Your life is not wasted. It's not wasted. Here, Pastor, it's not over. You're not over. Come on, believe that. You're not over. It's a pivotal moment in your life. You're not over. You're about to have the time of your life you're about to have the time of your life. (laughs) In the name of Jesus, right now let the people receive the word. Let the people receive the word with hands lifted up and hearts open to God. Come on, that's right. In the name of Jesus, I'm receiving the word. I'm receiving the word for my life. Yes, yes, yes. Right, come on, yes, yes. This is your moment, brother, to take a hold of the word now. It's the design of the Lord in this house for him to anoint you with a greater anointing than you've ever had before. It is the design and the will of the Father to anoint your life with a greater anointing than you've ever had before.